It's football season. Time for the Gridiron Breakdown. Your host, RJ. Well, when was the last time 80,000 people showed up to see if you're doing chemistry experiments? Alan. You play football like Engineero played football. Let's get to the breakdown. It's time for the Gridiron Breakdown Show, where we get into the X's and O's of the top college football games each weekend and get you ready for all the action. I'm Jay, and alongside me, my co-host and partner, a man who needs no emergency ankle surgery. Alan, what's going on, man? Well, you know, I was down in Tuscaloosa earlier today performing my best Mr. Miyagi impression. Um, You know, it's been an interesting week. You know, I thought the story of the weekend was going to be Wisconsin blowing a, a huge game. Uh, a huge lead that they had over a not very good Illinois team, but uh, but the true story ended up being to his ankle. You know how's that affect the Heisman race, a national championship race, and I feel like that's all I've heard about college football for the last you know forty eight to seventy two hours. It has been a big story. I can tell you, sorry, he doesn't live in the state of Alabama. There are still other stories going on out there. There are a lot of people talking about the Wisconsin laws. That one, man, we we even had that in the lightning round and kicked it out before last week's show because we're like, there's no way. And then, lo and behold. Uh, but, you know, but don't run these parts in the Carolinas. Everybody's still talking about Clemson and how they're not getting any respect or some nonsense. And, uh, you know, that, that's been the big story on my side of things. But, you know, they're just kind of getting the job done, moving along. Uh, they keep dropping down the polls, which I find to be really humorous. But it doesn't matter anyway because – the polls don't really factor into the playoff committee stuff. That's just something to keep people talking until the playoff committee starts throwing their stuff out. Yeah, and and I guess a, another story from the weekend was uh, Boise, man, going down to the Cougars of BYU. Uh, backup quarterback had to come in, quit, couldn't quite handle it. Uh, there was some other interesting football out there. You know, Hawaii got beat by Arizona. There were some really odd turnover scores in that game. Memphis was able to beat Tulane. It was kind of a yeah. There weren't a bunch of huge upsets, but there was a lot of wacky football going on. Yeah, I mean, Air Force really put it on Hawaii in a way I didn't think they'd be able to, and that surprised me a little bit. But Hawaii again just turns the ball over a lot, man. They really do, and and when they do, they almost always give up a score off of it, and you just can't do that. I don't care who you're playing, especially against. Uh, option teams and air force is not the traditional academy option team i mean they run a lot more pistol and shotgun stuff and they fling the ball around a little bit more than maybe like army and navy do or georgia state or something like that but uh yeah that was a weird one uh usc absolutely obliterated arizona so i agree with you now i am definitely in the never trust kevin kevin sumlin camp uh, that is for sure. Um, I got to text with a friend uh, who was uh, at the Virginia Tech-North Carolina game for all six overtimes. She sat in the cold to watch all of it. And I said, that had to be nuts. She's like, dude, it was insane. Those are exact words. So shout out to Lindsay for the report there. But we got to see the the unveiling of the new um, – you got to go just for two points uh, after the fourth overtime rule. And I think it's humorous that they got to the uh, the sixth overtime because neither one of them could convert the first time around. Yeah, that was an odd game. It kind of played the, the script of the Georgia-South Carolina the week before. It's like nobody really wanted to win that game in overtime. Um, you know, another odd game that kind of happened was uh, uh, odd news is Elaine Kiffin was fined $5,000 by the CUSA for a uh, fairly inflammatory tw- tweet uh, about referees and their eyesight and something along those lines. 
but you know, Jordy Freshwater is always good for a laugh at least. Oh, dude, like I laughed so hard when I saw him tweet that that thing of the referees holding canes with the black glasses on, like the three blind mice joke or whatever. Uh, he was not very pleased with uh, some of the calls that went in his game. Uh, he wasn't the only one. Will Muschamp uh, really wants people to drop the flag on his foot the next time. And, uh, and you know, hey, I don't think Jeremy Pruitt was real happy with his quarterback nor the referees in that game. So a lot of referee complaining. Um, but if you want to get into some real ref hate, like some serious good ref hate, watch a Green Bay Packers game with a Packers fan. Because I've done that with our buddy Nick over from the Film Strip Podcast, and Nick hates on the refs almost as much as he does anything else. And it is it is choice entertainment. Um, I get more out of that than just watching the game. Well, you know, Jay, being a fellow Packers fan, it all goes back to those replacement refs and the fail Mary in Seattle. That really rubbed us the wrong way and kept us out of home field advantage and a few other things. So I'm right there with Nick. I have some real passion for NFL referees these days. Well, there's a good reason for it. And let's get down to the business here. The picks. Alan, you went 12 and 3 last week, man. You were 25 and 5 the last two weeks. You were smoking these picks. Uh, that brings you to 64 and 26 on the, the year. I went 9 and 6, 58 and 32. So it's time to break out the Hail Marys on my own side and start having a little fun with these picks because uh, the chances of me catching you are very slim. Uh, and we don't have as big a slate this week. I mean, it's not a huge slate of games. There's a couple of big national games, and we're going to break them both down here but that's where we are in the picks and hey man the danger zone it 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 just couldn't give it to you man temple could not take out the mighty mustangs of smu who the last time they were this good man you you got in trouble for paying your players yeah um, i was really surprised that smu was able to get a big win and it looks like smu and memphis are, are are racing toward a showdown with each other later in the season in the conference championship game that could be some choice football my friend Oh, absolutely. I am all about some American football right now because it's just so much fun to watch. So, Alan, what do you say we get into this week's games? And we're going to start with a Big Ten matchup. Before Wisconsin dropped that one to Illinois, they were on a collision course with Ohio State. And it was going to be, you know, Fox was licking their chops, man, because they had this new kickoff, the big game. Then Wisconsin had to go and lose. But I'm here to tell you, this is still a very, very competitive football game to watch. Wisconsin is on the road, yes, but they've done okay on the road so far. And against Ohio State, who, man, Allen, they are just doing almost everything right. Ohio State right now is the number one ranked offense in the Big Ten. They're the number two ranked defense. On the other hand, Wisconsin is the number three ranked offense and the number one ranked defense. Now, the, the fact that they're ranked high in defense isn't a surprise. Wisconsin on offense this year has been a juggernaut, and they had a bad week against Illinois. It happens. But Jack Cohn has been a super accurate quarterback. He's got almost 1,400 yards, only two picks on nine TDs. And Jonathan Taylor is a tailback, almost 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. He catches the ball out of the backfield, too. They got a couple of good receivers. Wisconsin can move the ball on people, and that's the, the point I want to make. They are definitely a running team first, and they're very much pro-style, kind of old-school-looking football. Uh, but they are not old, you know, three in a cloud of dust. They will stretch out the field, get Taylor the ball in lots of different places to get that thing going. But it's really for them, though, Wisconsin's big calling card is that defense this year. They're giving up under 200 yards a game. That includes Illinois. Illinois didn't really move the ball on them all day. Wisconsin just kept turning the ball over. It's their worst turnover game of the season, really in like two seasons. They're only giving up 135 yards through the air. 
that is a big improvement. Last year, Allen, they were giving up almost 220 yards through the air. They have really made improvements to that defensive backfield and only 58 yards rushing. And that's a big key in this game because Ohio State, for as good as Justin Fields has been this year, and I mean, look, 22 TDs and only one pick and you know 1,500 yards cannot beat that at all. It really starts with J.K. Dobbins for them. He's got 950 yards on the ground. He's only scored seven times, but he is their workhorse back. And along with him and Fields, that's where Ohio State's offense is really moving the ball. They're averaging almost 300 yards rushing a game. And if they're going to win this ball game, they need to be able to establish that run, and they know that. Here's the thing for me that I really think is the key matchup. There's not one single team that Ohio State has played this year that I think has anything remotely close to what you would consider elite defense at all. They've played Florida Atlantic. They've played Cincinnati, who's pretty good, but they can't match up with them. Um, they played Indiana, who's bad. They played Miami, Ohio, who's pretty mediocre. They've played Nebraska, who's also mediocre. They've played Michigan State, who has a bit of a defense, but not a great one. And they've played Northwestern. And they've put up points on every one of those teams. But they haven't played a team with a defense like Wisconsin this year. And I think this is going to be a real test. And honestly, man, I think Wisconsin can go into this one super loose. I mean, look, they've already lost a game. Everybody's writing them off. They're on the road. What can they possibly do to the mighty Ohio State? Well, every year, Ohio State, under Urban Meyer, and I know it's not Urban Meyer anymore, but this team has always found a way to blow a game they shouldn't. And I think this has the makings of that all around. I'm pulling the trigger on it. I'm calling for it right now. I think number three Ohio State goes down this weekend to the Wisconsin Badgers in an upset. It's 14 and a half point spread. That is ridiculous to me. Give me Wisconsin 24 to 23 over Ohio State. That is a bold pick, my friend. Um, I mean, here, here's the thing. If this was in Camp Randall and we were all jumping around, I could definitely jump on that. And, I, you know, as much as I hate Ohio State, I would love for Wisconsin to win this game. Um, I, I'm going to believe that what I've seen on paper with Ohio State is real. I think that Wisconsin defense slows them down. I think Wisconsin wins 34 to 24. I mean, I think Ohio State wins 34 to 24. Okay, for a minute, I thought you were joining the club, but you're going to Ohio State in this one. Okay, so we disagree on that first big game. Next big game takes us down to the SEC, Allen. LSU hosting Auburn in a big SEC West matchup. Well, you know, Jay, the last time Auburn won in uh, Baton Rouge, a president had been impeached. The budget was balanced. Phantom Menace was in theaters. Uh, most of these kids weren't even born. The year was 1999. It's been a long time since Auburn has won a game in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, here's the thing about LSU. Joe Burrow has been beyond impressive. He, he's the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman as of this week. He's got 29 touchdowns and over 2,500 yards p- passing. And while LSU doesn't feature the, the sure-handed running game they, they've had in the past, they still have a, a good running game that averages over 150 yards on the ground. This is the dynamic, high-flying LSU offense we've been promised for years. Now, the defense, while they're not quite up to snuff of what you usually think of LSU, they're still pretty solid. They only give up 320 yards and 20 points a game. They've been very impressive. In my mind, they're maybe the second-best team as far as the eye test in the country behind Ohio State so far this year. They get it done on offense. They get enough from the defense. Um now, Auburn, the defense carries the water for this team. They have an amazing defensive line that can stop the run, that can pressure the quarterback, that can really do it all. 
They they as well only give up 320 yards. Here's the thing. They force more turnovers than LSU. That defensive line gets to the quarterback, forces turnovers, and they capitalize on it. Um, you know, but Bo Nix and this offense have really struggled at times. Um, Booby Whitlow is out for a few weeks and won't be a factor. Um, and Gus and company is going to have to try to go running back by committee to kind of get the ground game going to take a pressure off Nix. Here's an interesting stat for EJ. Under Gus Malzahn, when Auburn rushes for less than 250 yards, they're 26 and 27. So they're barely a, under 500 when they get don't hit that 250 mark. Jay, I'm not so sure that they're going to get 250 on the ground against uh, LSU in Death Valley. They're going to need to because they're going to need to keep that offense on the sideline. They're going to need to eat the clock, let that defense get rest. Uh, the defense, I think, can make it a game early, Jay. Uh, they'll need some turnovers and a lot of luck on offense to really pull off a win. I don't see that happening in Red Stick. I like LSU to win 38-16. to 16. All right, so you like LSU big in this one. Well, let me tell you, you've broken down the game exactly right. But this is the kind of game when everybody starts looking the other way that Gus Malzahn pulls the white rabbit out of his hat. I don't know how the guy does it. It's infuriating as an Auburn fan to watch. But he puts together great game plans when you don't think he's going to be able to. Two years ago, they had a shot at this thing and let it get by. Last year, they had a shot at this team and let them get by. And a lot of things have changed since then. But here is a fact. LSU has played only one other defense that was remotely close to Auburn's, and that's Florida's. And I would venture that Auburn's defense is really better, even though Florida beat them head-to-head. Auburn's offense had a bad game that game. Gus is good for that at least once a season. He's had that out of his system now. I think Auburn goes in there, lit on fire. That defense gets after Joe Burrow. They create a couple turnovers. Those DBs really ball hawk to the ball. They shut down those receivers. And I think Auburn finds a way through a lot of different guys. Anthony Schwartz, you know, Sean Shivers, Cam Martin, DJ Williams. They get a lot of guys running. And Bo Nix, who can run with the football. I think they get enough of it to get it done. I'm calling the second upset of the week. I think Auburn takes down LSU. I like them in this one, 28-27. So give me the Tigers over the Tigers and let chaos rule. Hey, Jay, who was it who you told me to never trust? <laughs> I told you to never trust Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> no, there was somebody else. <laughs> I told you to never trust Gus at some point. I probably have said that. You did. After after I picked them to beat Florida, yeah. you picked Florida. You said just you should never trust Gus. You so should I'm never trust you Gus. You should never trust Gus in an early important game because that's when he coaches tight. And it is true. He coached incredibly tight that game. Nothing left to lose now. Gus a rolling dice. I think he's gonna do it. I I just I'm just pulling out hope. I think Auburn pulls an upset. So let's that would be exciting. It will be two big upsets to the week. We'll see how that works. But now we're going to get into our lightning round. It's a little shorter lightning round than before, but should be some fun ones. And we open up with a real good one here, Alan. And since I'm on the other side of the picks here, I'll, I'll go first on this round, and then we'll, we'll verse it back to you. Oklahoma and the Big 12s on the road. Early kickoff at K-State in the Little Apple. I'm going to tell you, man. Normally, I, you look at this on paper, and it's like, man, Oklahoma's offense is just unreal. They're just doing incredible things. Jalen Hurts is having a Heisman season, and I agree with all of those statements. This is an early kick, and it's a weird game, and I'm going three for three. I'm calling for the upset. I think K-State takes down Oklahoma in a shocker this weekend. Give me K-State 26, Oklahoma 24. 
Man, you're just going wild on this tonight, Jay. Uh, I'll say this. I do think this is going to be Oklahoma's worst game of the year. I think they're going to play poorly. Early kick. Manhattan's a funky place to play. Kansas State's a real physical team. I think it's close. I think Oklahoma can do enough to survive. I think they win 28-24. to All right, so you got it on the other side going with Oklahoma. The next one is Notre Dame taking on a traditional rival, Michigan, who is a team desperate to get a big win here. Who you got between the Golden Domers and the Amazing Blue Wolverines? Let's be honest, Jay. Michigan has zero offense. I mean, zero. It's awful. I'm not sure how they're even favored in this game. Notre Dame has a solid defense, a good running game. Ian Book plays well. I like Notre Dame 24 to 10. I disagree with you because quarters two through four last week against Penn State, Michigan found their offense. They weren't able to get enough of it to finish that game, but they found their offense. They're back at home. This Notre Dame team is not nearly as good as everybody thinks that they are. Michigan gets the big signature win for the year. Give me Michigan in this one. Ugly, but winning it 21-16 to 16 over Notre Dame. Cal and Utah in the Pac-12. Big matchup for the Pac-12 South here. Who's going to finally take the reins, and can they get it done? Utah got a, you know, got a win last week over Arizona State. They're in the driver's seat. But this is a sneaky Cal team, Allen, but they're not sneaky enough for me to pull that on the road. I think Utah's defense is too good. Give me Utah 16-10 to 10 over Cal. You know, Cal's one and three in the conference. They got that big win over Washington, and they really just let some games get away from them. Utah's a really good team. They got a nice win last week. I think they'll keep it rolling. I like them 27 to 13. We'll keep it in the Pac 12 for this next one. Washington State traveling down to Oregon to take on the hated Ducks. Washington State struggling a little bit this, this year. The Ducks trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. Do they keep it going? You know, the, normally this would be a Mike Leach special in, in my mind, but Oregon's got a really good defense here this year, and they gutted out a tough road win last week, the kind of game you would see Oregon lose in the past. I, do, I think they'll struggle, but I don't think they have the letdown this week. I like them to win 27-17. to 17. All right, I agree with you. I think Oregon's defense way too good in this one. Washington State can move and score, but so can Oregon. I like Oregon. I like a little more points here, though. I think Oregon wins 34-24 over Washington State. We come back to the ACC, the Miami Hurricanes, going on the road to take on the Pitt Panthers. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. I said last week Syracuse is a fraud. Do not believe them. Let me say something again. Miami this year is a fraud. Do not believe the hype. Their quarterbacks are beat up. Their offensive line is garbage. Pitt can rush the passer. Pitt can throw the football if they'll just turn him loose. Let Pickett throw. Give me Pitt in this one. I like him solid, too. 27-13 over Miami. You know, I think that these are two really inconsistent teams. Uh, Pitt's been a lot of Jekyll and Hyde this year, and Miami's just, you're not really sure what you're getting with them every week. I think this is an ugly game in Pittsburgh. I like Pitt to win 21-19. All right, we go to the American now. Big road game for those UCF Knights taking on the Temple Isles in Philly. Oh, who you got? You know, I've been riding with Temple, and UCF isn't quite as good as they've been, but they got a really good offense. Uh, This is the third tough game in a row for Temple. I know they're at home. I like UCF to win 42-28. to 
Man, I'm going to tell you, you're picking UCF big there. I think Temple rebounds after that tough loss last week. It is their third tough game in a row. Iron sharpens iron. Give me those Temple Owls at home. I don't think UCF travels as well as they normally do. Give me Temple 24, UCF 21. Tulane on the road at Navy, another big American game. Let me tell you something, man. Malcolm Perry and what he can do in that midshipman offense is something. Tulane doing amazing things on their offense as well. But this is a tough road game, Alan. I got to go with the middies here. I think we get a game, though, that goes by quick because both of these teams like to run that option football a lot. Give me Navy in this one. 22, Temple, 17. You know, I think Navy has the better defense. They have a little bit more ball control. I think this is going to be a really fun, interesting game. I like Navy to win 27 to 21. We come back to the SEC for a game in which one coach may get fired and the other one may get thrown out for punching a ref, and I don't know who which one we're talking about. South Carolina's on the road to take on Tennessee and Rocky Top. You know, due to the kind of unknown at the quarterback position for Tennessee with the head injury and Garantano's just not very good, you know, USC has the better quarterback. They have the better defense. I'd like uh, South Carolina win 31-20. to 20. I mean, Carolina's got to be more consistent. They can't just lean on that run game. Ryan Olinsky, though, has shown me when he's held upright, he can get that done. Tennessee it doesn't have the pass rush. I, I really don't think they can get it done. Give me South Carolina in this one, 17-7. to 7. I think it's low scoring and ugly. What has to be the game of futility of all season is happening this weekend, Alan. The Yukon Huskies taking on the Minutemen of UMass. Please tell me we can make sense of this game. It's on my dime to try to pick it first. I've actually seen UMass play because I saw Charlotte play them, and they, they got run off the field. But, man, UConn is just awful. They are horrible in every facet of the game. I guess I'm going with the home team. Give me UMass. I don't feel great about it, but I'll take UMass 20 to 10. Well, well here's the thing. I'm sure Randy Edsel will get some obscure bonus during this game. Um, here's the thing. UMass's defense is awful. I mean, awful. Uh, they're kind of like that Auburn defense from, what was it, like 2013? No. Uh, 2012, maybe. Yeah. Any, anyway. Yeah. I like UConn in a nail-biter, 17-16. to 16. All right, so we disagree on a lot of games this week. This may be the most we've ever disagreed on the show in, like, all the years we've done it. So to recap for everybody, Wisconsin, Ohio State, you've got the Buckeyes. I'm taking the Badgers. Auburn, LSU, i got Auburn. you got LSU. Oklahoma, K-State, I'm taking K-State. You're taking Oklahoma. Notre Dame, Michigan, I've got Michigan. you got Notre Dame. We both picked Utah over Cal, both Oregon over Washington State. Both Pitt over Miami. I like Temple over UCF. You like the Knights. We both like Navy over Tulane, South Carolina over Tennessee, and then I'm taking UMass. You're taking UConn in the Futility Bowl. Alan, there's only one thing left to do, man. It's the time to buzz the tower and give people the Danger Zone pick of the week. See if you can get this thing back closer to 500. We're going to try. You know, my other picks have been doing well, and either this week I'm going to open up an insurmountable lead on you, or we're going to be close. Jay, I'm going to take you to lovely Pasadena, California, where Arizona State's coming to town after losing a tough game on the road to Utah. they got to go on the road again, and UCLA actually played their best game of the year last year, whipping Stanford on the farm. Uh, Arizona State's struggles on offense will continue, and Chip Kelly will get just enough out of DTR uh, to, to pick up a win. I like UCLA close. This is going to be their first home win of the season. 
UCLA 24 to 20. Wow, UCLA over Arizona State. That is a bold pick indeed. Well, yeah, like you said, either we are going to get real close in the picks next week or you're going to be so far ahead, I'm running like Kyle Petty in the back of the field. But either way, it's going to be a lot of fun to get into as we get ready for week 10 of college football at Allen next week. We're going to start talking seriously about playoff contenders, those on the bubble, and then who is out of that conversation. we got to start talking about that because it'll be time for the committee to start releasing their thoughts as well. So can't wait to get into week 10. Week 9 is going to be a blast too, though. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. We're going to be getting the playoff rankings in, what, two weeks here. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good football and a lot of important games coming up. Um, and I think it's all going to work itself out. It always does. You don't end up with three undefeated teams or four undefeated teams. So I imagine we're going to see some chaos before December. I'm hoping so. Matter of fact, I'm calling for it this week. This would be a chaos week for sure. We'll see if I'm right or if I'm completely wrong next week. Folks, thanks for joining us on the Gridiron Breakdown Show. Go to anchor.fm slash Breakdown. You'll find links to where you can find the podcast. Please leave us a positive review. It helps other people find the show and share us on your social media. And you can also find the Gridiron Breakdown on Facebook if you'd like to follow along there. Until next time, for Alan, I'm Jay. You've been listening to the Gridiron Breakdown Show. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Breakdown. The Gridiron Breakdown theme is Sports Time Tonight by Phil Gerard, Reed Hayes, and Scott P. Shear. Tune in next week for more analysis and opinion from our hosts. I ain't saying I'm scared out there. I ain't saying fear. Now y'all scared to ask another question? <laughs>